Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to the Off Topic Podcast. Um, this is our third episode, and I'm your host, Lawson Newland. How's everyone doing today? Not bad. Not Pretty bad. good. All right. How's everyone's uh, Thanksgiving break? Oh, it was nice. Got to see some family. Uh, brought the girlfriend home to meet family. Ooh. Um, I remember you were... mentioning that. How'd that go? Went well. I think they like her more than they like me. That's so. good. That's always good. <laughs> I guess that's that's all right. <laughs> Um, how did you get that? Ah, how was you, you all's break? What? All right. Well, how was everyone else's break? Uh, mine was pretty good. I just mostly hung out with my cats and I, uh, watched Luke Cage with the family. Ooh. That's a good show. It was really good. I really loved it. I like how it, um, it feels the least amount of superhero-y compared to all the other Marvel shows and such. You know, yeah. feels like a guy that's just taking care of his neighborhood. Yeah, because it focuses very little on his powers. It's like, oh, yeah, he's bulletproof. Eh. Because yeah. he, he's not flashy about it. It's mostly just, oh. Sweet Christmas. Like, half the time <laughs> he gets shot, and he's just like, really? Really, guys? Are you really getting? Okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> and he just, like, looks at them until they feel bad. I feel like he gets shot more than the average person. I mean, if you're bulletproof, I mean... Yeah, I think the average person only gets shot once or twice because after that, you know, there's not much point in continuously shooting them. Uh, so if it doesn't do anything to you, you have to be staying around more, you know, after being shot. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, most people get shot and they run away, but he's like, oh, I'm going to kick the ass of the guy that shot me. And I, I can't blame him for that. I would also do that if I was bulletproof. So uh, Thanksgiving's over, uh, winter break's coming up, and uh, we've got the SEC championship game this weekend. Are you guys going to be watching it? No. No? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you guys are? I, I, I'm, I'm scared for it. I'm scared, but I'm more scared as a Dolphin fan. We're in the playoff picture, so football's a scary time for being good. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm excited for the game, of course, um, but I, I just... I just, I just think it's gonna be sad. Yep. Cantina's offering free shots for every touchdown or point that we make. Really? So interesting. Okay. I told someone that, and they were like, "Oh, they're saving a lot of money." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> but it's gonna be a rough weekend. But maybe we'll win. Who knows? But uh, I guess I'll uh, transition that into our first topic, which is um, linebackers. Um, we got Gerard Davis back. Um, he's a linebacker. Did he, we? That helps. That helps a lot. Where'd he go? Uh, he was hurt. Oh. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of injuries this year. Um, well, so he's one of the ones that came back. More. Yeah, I, it's part of the game, though, I guess. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I mean, one player can't really make much of a difference, but but it helps. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Did you guys see the Jim McElwain conference where he was talking about Alabama uh, press conference fairly recently where he was talking about the upcoming game and he just goes he's kind of almost like I only saw a little clip of it but he's just like yeah those guys are so good those creatures are just amazing and I was like you can't call them creatures (laughs) are you kidding me like at this age, people have gotten in so much trouble for so much less, and then you're going to be calling football players who 
I mean, you're going to call them creatures? You, oh, my gosh. No, no, I, I get that. Um, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, and I don't think he meant it in a bad way at all. No, no, I, of course. Of course. But I'm like, you've got to be smarter than that, you know? you got to be aware. Like. Yeah. If the football, you know, football players, professional athletes are trained in how to talk to the press. If they even know how to say things in a certain way or right, you can't have a coach just saying something that's dehumanizing to these players that are forced to play. For well, sure. not forced, but, you know, f- play without getting paid. And uh, just calling them creatures, that that feels like a historical bad connotation no i I get what you're saying but like but at the same time it's in a way it's also kind of like a compliment like you call these athletes like beasts or monsters when they're just incredible i've never heard creatures before but i'm just assuming he he kind of means i don't think he meant it in a bad way I, i i agree with you i'm just like i'm surprised there wasn't more of a fallout from that to be honest i was very surprised that he Someone you know didn't exp- that didn't become like a trending thing or something, like- right? Because well, the guess- world is so political, p- politically correct now, right? I guess in the context of like sports and everything, there's always that amount of smack talk you're allowed. Like he's probably just like, yeah, those creatures. It's it's good and bad. You have smack talk in sport, and it's just like he's a monster. Space Jam, they were monsters too. <laughs> <laughs> but in one, they were cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> and it also I, could be that like we are somewhat desensitized to it like that's relatively like not that bad relative to some of the stuff we have heard in the past year or two so i mean it's it yeah it's not politically correct and it's not a good thing and he probably should have like taken a second like huh should i say this before actually saying it but i mean it helps that he's a nice by eye and likable I don't yeah. know anyone who doesn't like Jim McElwain. Yeah, he probably just like misspoke or like didn't think about it properly. And I know that personally, I just sometimes just say stuff, and I'm like, oh, huh, I shouldn't say that. But usually, that's with me saying like, you too, when a waiter tells me to enjoy my food, and not like calling people creatures. Good point. Good point. Um, you know, I think an, a part part of the reason. <clears throat> Why he might have said it too without really thinking is because he's never really been under fire for anything he's done or said. Maybe. True. Hmm. Well, what other linebacker facts do we have? Oh, man. Interesting tidbits. Well, I could talk about like a past player. Do you guys ever remember uh, Brian Erlacher for the Bears? The name does sound familiar. He played for like 14 oh, years or something. He was such a creature, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't know him. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, you know, just trying to continue this conversation. He Do was linebackers just... play in a line? Huh? Do linebackers yeah, play in a line? Why linebackers? Yeah, I mean, they can't. Why not linebackers? Oh, yeah. They're probably behind the line of, like, scrimmage. They back it. What? Oh. Well, there's outside outside linebackers and inside linebackers. Which one was Brian Hurtlocker? Brian Urlacher? Urlacher. Um, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Um, <laughs> Isn't the movie with Sandra Bullock? Bullock? Sandra Bullock, yeah. The Hurt Locker. No. Is no, it? Sandra Bullock. No, no, no. No, the Hurt Locker. That's the no, one about the using bombs in yeah. the Middle East. I don't think Sandra Bullock had anything to do with that. Listen, Sandra Bullock has amazing acting range. She actually was the bomb. <laughs> 
She does have one football one where she like adopts a Bama guy. That's oh, the blind side. That, blind uh, side, yep. yeah. That's like a true story, whatever. One and the same. Whatever. Blind side, heart locker. <laughs> blind side. <laughs> no, two very, very, very different movies. What has Sandra Bullock done recently? Gravity? That's oh. the most recent thing I can think of. That was like two years ago. Yeah, what does Sandra Bullock do in her off time? Like, does she just like read books at cafes and like get excited when people recognize her? I'd like to imagine she just watches her own movie in her own private movie theater. <laughs> she gets excited at all her cameos. Goes, hey, 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 come in here. It's me. <laughs> at her own cameos? Yes. <laughs> Not her actually like, Not her actual know, movies. being the main character. Yeah. <laughs> she only watches movies where she only appears for like a second. Yes. Which is which is hard nowadays she's because actually, she's a like a lead actress a lot of the time. Yeah, she's actually one of the most commonly used extras in all sorts of different movies. If you didn't know that, and TV shows, she's in Westworld. I Look did not her. know that. <laughs> no, she's not. Gratz. <laughs> she's probably in Eastworld. <laughs> did you guys see Gravity? No, I did not. I I heard good things and I heard great things about the cinematography. But I heard good, yeah, good things I, about cinematography, bad things about science. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, and I think it definitely got overshadowed by um, the other one, uh, Interstellar. Oh man, that was awesome with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it was just like so mind blowing. That was so good. Oh man, speaking of mind blowing, have you guys watched Black Mirror at all on Netflix? I've been told to. Oh, times. it's crazy. It gets really messed up though. Yeah. Like every episode is just a completely different story. In a way, it's kind of like um, uh. What's, what's the show I'm thinking of? Twilight Zone. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a modern Twilight That's Zone. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Oh. I'll yeah. have to give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although someone's explained uh, various episodes to me, and I was like, that sounds Is it like one terrible. overarching plot, or is it like <laughs> No, every, every, every episode's different with a different story. Um, okay. Yeah, and it, it, gets, it gets intense. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's three seasons, but the seasons are weird. Like, season one only has, like, three or four episodes, and then... I believe it's a British show, and that's mm-hmm. why. What was that? It's British. Oh, yeah, so the way okay. they do uh, shows is different there. Yeah, they they produce much less television. True, true. Isn't there like television government entity instead of like ours, where it's just all privately owned, kind of? Uh, it's a uh, there is a it is much more largely like government owned. Like they have BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC Four. Very creative names. Because they're all they are they're all the British Broadcasting Channel. So yeah, it'd be like if we had a lot more content on PBS. You know, to yeah. the point where you had to have multiple PBS channels. You wouldn't call it different things. Like you have ESPN one and ESPN two and ESPN. But that's not from whatever. the government. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do a lot less television. Like having three seasons of a show in Britain is considered very long running. Not like crazy long, but it's seen as a much longer running show than here in America. <clears throat> yeah, but like. Like, with Black Mirror, like, the first two seasons only have, like, three to five episodes, and then the third season only has six. Like, do you think that's normal to have, like, that few of episodes? And then yeah, sure. even Life if you do, it's, it's, it's still season. considered successful. So, like, in three seasons, say you have only 15 episodes, um, over here, that's usually a season, maybe I even less. I don't think there's a single British show that has, like, 24-episode seasons. That's a very American thing. Yeah, and also you can definitely tell them production quality because over there, like, 
you can, if you just watch Black Mirror and stuff, you can see how much time is put into every single episode. Right. Like, you can see stuff as far as lighting goes. Like, I've just seen stills of Black Mirror, and it's lit incredibly well. I'm just amazed every time I look at it. It's like, how did the... Wow. And, like, the special effects take a lot of time, and it's very polished. If you look at a show here, like Chrono Minds or something, yeah, it's pretty good, but the lighting is fairly static because it doesn't really change much much and it's not too nuanced well a big thing with that is america is a lot of the export of tv to the world so we have to just produce constantly whereas british kind of can lean back and be like hey we've got tv in the meantime we'll take more time yeah quite possibly and also if this they're basically saying maybe if we want to make this we want to make it good like the fast and cheap and stuff like fast cheap and good you can only pick two uh, yeah. they're choosing, like, only one of those, just good. So it's neither cheap nor fast, but I'd say it's kind of worth it. I mean, just going off of Sherlock's value just as an IP right now, uh, everyone loves it and everyone looks forward to it every single time it comes on. So I'd say putting a lot of budget into, like, just a few long episodes, it's kind of worth it. Yeah, Sherlock's a little different, though, because they do hour and a half episodes. That's they do tend to have like longer episodes. Like I think Doctor Who runs hour long episodes too, right? Yeah, but um, I think because that show's gotten a lot more international fame, especially here in America, they actually they did have longer seasons. Uh, now it's gotten a little shorter again. Now it's like only thirteen, but that's still quite a bit for some shows. So. Yeah, the cheaper production is, the more episodes they'll usually have of it, unless they have a huge budget. Like, Westworld, um, how many episodes is that going to have? Because I imagine, like, with the production quality, probably no more than 12. Mm. Whereas a sitcom may have, like, 26 episodes a season, because a sitcom is easier to produce than a, like, a super dramatic thing. Because, like, there's lighting, there's, like, the kind of equipment you need, uh, different locations. Because a sitcom, a lot of times it takes place in, like, two different places. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the majority of it happens at the station. So they don't need to pay a bunch of stuff for, like, like equipment. Well, okay, they do need to pay for equipment, but they don't need to pay for a different set each time. Mm-hmm. Whereas a drama, it's like, okay, hey, we are going to all these different locations uh, for these reasons... And so we're going to need a huge budget, and we can only afford six episodes if we're spending this much per episode. Hmm. Hmm. No, no. Next topic. So that was linebackers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else did we have going on? <clears throat> we had glass. Let's hear about glass, Lawson. Glass is is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well... Glass, well, according to Wikipedia, glass actually like emerged during the Stone Age. I personally thought that it was invented by Rome, but then again, I also thought min- most things were invented by Rome. <laughs> uh, however, I do believe cookies were invented by Rome. However, when the Rome when the Roman people invented cookies, they were terrible. Really? Um, oh yeah, because they essentially didn't really have. I don't think, think they really used sugar or anything. So it was basically just like a biscuit, hmm. but like flatter and harder. So imagine a chocolate chip cookie, but without anything that makes it good. <laughs> huh. Yeah. 
In my mind, that's just not anything. Everything in a chocolate chip cookie is good. Yeah, yeah I got to agree with um, that. It was just bread. That's, that's what the first cookie was. <laughs> uh, essentially, just like really low, like a scone, but not stale. I'm sorry, I really have it in for scones. Um, I don't get them. They're just, they're just not appetizing. Like, hey, do you want this excessively dry bread? Maybe with like a few weird blueberries in there? No. I know. I think scones are actually pretty good. I haven't had like vanilla scones are actually really good. Blueberry, I don't know. So what else about glass? Um, I know that actually a very cool fact about glass is a lot of the stained glass used in like ancient constructions. I don't have any off the top of my head, but I know like there's a few really big ones where they did giant like stained glass things. The stained glass made there for those things, we lost the technique of how to make it. Yeah, I know. 21st century and everything, we have, like, AIs that can tell us our schedules. Google tells me when I have doctor's appointments and stuff now. And we can't figure out how to make certain kinds of glass because that technique was just lost to us. Hmm. Interesting. We can approximate it, but whatever technique they use just, like, melded the color and the glass together really, really well. And it did it really artfully. And so we just don't know how to I just feel like... They could do it better now. Yeah. I feel like with how far we've come, we can make better glass than those old people. We're better than them. True. Yeah. No, glass is very cool. Um, I think the advent of glass did happen in the Stone Age. Actually, I want to know when glasses were made. I think that's Benjamin Franklin, but I could be wrong. No, I'm first saying glasses existed prior because monocles. Yeah. True. Those fancy British people. Yeah. Um, let's see. When were glasses invented? I'm going to go with 1818. Okay. So, eyeglasses belie- are believed to have been invented between 1268 and 1289 in Italy. <laughs> Jeez. Whoop. Man, a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah, it's a few older than I am. Yeah, but the inventor <laughs> is unknown. Uh, but the first, the earliest eyeglasses were worn by monks and scholars, which is not surprising considering they had to read all the time. I figure uh, most people didn't really need uh, glasses to see up close because, I mean, oh, man, this wheat, huh? It's a bit blurry. <laughs> oh, well, time to continue farming for the rest of my life. Hooray. Which also- is about 12 days. <laughs> Probably less people needed glasses. I mean, a lot of people use glasses nowadays because their eyesight gets worse as they get older. True. Not that many people got older. (laughs) Yeah, when when you die at like 25, not really much of a chance. So. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen glass get like blown? Like people actually create. I have. Oh. It's one of the coolest things. Like Italian glass blowers. It's like a really big art, and I think in areas around Venice is like where they have like the best blown glass in the world, and it's honestly really incredible because they, like that guy just like takes his little tweezers and has some blown glass and makes a horse just. Yeah, and like it's like that. nothing. Yeah, they make it look easy. Yeah, and personally, I know that if I did that, I would personally have burn marks everywhere <laughs> on my body because I would drop that molten glass on me. I would try to tweeze it in just one way, and it would just, I'd just tweeze it onto my leg. <laughs> I probably wouldn't feel very good. No. I, yeah. It'd cut, it'd burn. 
Oh no. Can you imagine having like molten glass shards on the floor? Mm. Not not fun. Not fun. No. I mean, going from my experience with welding, it uh dealing with molten stuff, not fun. Not a lot of fun at all. Really? Um I feel like well, molten stuff is just cool. It sounds like fun. It it does sound like fun. However, the thing is, like, oh, hey, say you have glue or paint or something. Oh, if that messes up, you can just, like, touch it and, like, fix it a little bit. When you're dealing with welding or probably molten glass, you can't just do that. You need tools. Yeah. And especially with welding, if you uh, melt it a little bit too much, then you have to throw out the piece. Oh. Yeah. Because the idea is that you like you melt the surface area, like the very surface of the metal, yeah. and then you take uh, your little bar of whatever metal you have, and then you just like add that in, and then the metals mix, and it you know like bonds together. But if you uh, go a little bit too hard on the heat, it melts through and creates a hole. And if a hole's created, you can't really fill that that back up, huh. unless you weld another piece of metal on top of that. So the way to fix a welding mistake is more welding. Yeah, but even then, it's probably best to just start over with new pieces. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds like it takes a lot of patience and practice. Uh, definitely a lot of practice. Um, and pa- patience, not as much, but a lot of coordination because you have to hold like a very long metal rod and then like slowly add it in. It's sort of like soldering, but like ten times more extreme. Yeah, but I feel like you have to be patient because you're gonna screw up a lot. And you have to be patient knowing that you're going to get better. and You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if so long as you don't go too hot, it's not that bad and you can bond to things pretty easily. But there's a reason why they have schools for it. So that you can learn how to do it and not, you know, die. That's an interesting job to have, like, 1,200s. <clears throat> People are working with that all the time. And they're just like, hey, do you want to learn how to burn metals? And some kid's like... Well, it's either that or farming. Yeah. And yeah. then he, how? How do you learn that in 1200 without burning yourself? Well, it's not so much you get to pick what you want to do. It's mostly like just the situation, you know. True. I mean, if you're on a farm, probably helping your family because they need the help. It's not just like, oh, well, Jimmy, you're five years old now. What, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? No, it's just, all right, you're five years old. You're old enough to help out. Let's help, you know. Yeah, I imagine like glass had been around like since the Stone Age. I think it was like invented in Mesopotamia or something. If it was lo- around during the Stone Age. It would have been called the Glass Age, idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't stab people with glass, sadly. Yes, you can. Yeah, hell yeah, you can. Sharp. You know, I've seen any action movie. At least someone gets stabbed with glass. I mean, yeah. Well, I feel however, like they don't. it's a weapon you can use just about once. Like you can't make a sword out of glass. Yeah, have you I, seen- I mean, I mean, you can, but it's not gonna be one that lasts. Have you seen it's, any action star just break through glass and nothing happens? It's it's still a weapon nonetheless. Yeah, you could use your glass sword, break it on the table, and now you have a sharper glass sword. <laughs> you can't beat glass, it just gets sharper. Like, and also been- smaller. Austin doesn't like her logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would win? Uh, the entire U.S. military or a stick? If you break a stick in half, you got two sticks now. You just Can't need win. to start with a big stick. Yeah. And just throw glass at your enemies, guys. That, that, that'll that definitely work. Obama, if you're listening to this, replace every troop's bullet with glass. It'll totally work. I don't think Obama's listening. 
I'd like to imagine he is. Yeah, I would too. Him and all the anti-PowerPoint government in Sweden. Yeah, everyone should be listening to our podcast. If they aren't, then they're wrong. And they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's just who they are. They're just wrong, inherently. Do you tell your friends they're wrong for not listening? Yeah, yeah. If I catch them not listening to the podcast at any point during the day, I just tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> if they're just eating dinner with their girlfriend or something, I just walk in and say, you're wrong. And then leave. <laughs> well, our next topic <laughs> is... Excuse me. Our next... Oh, my gosh. Well, I have more glass facts. Oh, really? Well, start talking about them. Oh, so... <laughs> Don't dispute my glass sword tactics. Oh, no, just, just <laughs> some cool stuff I just remembered about Gorilla Glass. What is Gorilla Glass? Um, the glass It's actually you... called Harambe Glass. Uh, <laughs> the glass around iPhones, typically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So, essentially, there's a very specific uh, manufacturing process that allows it to exist how it does. Because we all have you, we all have phones now that have really cool glass on them. And, you know, you can drop them a lot of times, and they don't break, and they're fine. But sometimes when you break them, they just shatter completely and entirely. I'd say and, most of the time. Well, a lot of the times, like, it just scratches and stuff. I know my phone right now is wonderful. Well, here's a dice fact. One in every two people has a cl- cracked screen. Go quote dice on that. Not me. <laughs> nice. That's not an actual fact. No. <laughs> no. I think it's a real fact. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But essentially, they were messing around with glass and the properties of glass. And essentially, they made a teardrop of glass. And they were checking it out, checking the composition. And then they decided to hit it with a hammer. And so long as they had the bulb part, it didn't break. It was fine. Like, they just, like, hit it with hammers and stuff, and it was okay. But as soon as they hit, like, the tip end, like, you have the bulb and then the tip. Yeah. As soon as they hit the tip end, it just shattered into pieces. Huh. So, essentially, by taking that and by using materials knowledge, uh, they were able to be like, oh, if we manage to just bend the glass or use the glass in this way, so long as it doesn't hit these points, we're fine, and it'll resist most problems. And that's why we have, like, cool glass on our phones as opposed to, like, screens and stuff, because they were like, oh, hey, this works. It insulates the phone, and, like, unless you hit it with a hammer or equivalent on, like, one of these points, you're fine. Like, my last phone was perfectly fine. Like, the back of it, awesome. And then I sat down too hard one time, and then the entire back just shattered into pieces. <laughs> Like, it was fine for, like, a year. I had sat down hard on it before, but that one single time, I just happened to, like, slam it down on a certain, like, stress point, and then, boom. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone shattering their phone while sitting. That's a first for me. Well, I am an incredible person, so just write that down. Like, write that down in your diary. Like, hey, today I learned that Lawson's butt destroyed a phone. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to go write. Yeah, tell your friends. Like, hey, this guy that I podcast with, he destroyed a phone with his butt. And not, like, butt cheek, but, like, just sitting. (laughs) Sitting down. Weird. Nice. All right, so I'd say after that, we're pretty good with glass. Glass, cool, effective. I like it. And next up is refrigerators or Mariana's Trench? Um, Uh let's do Mariana's Trench. All right. A place so deep you could probably throw a hundred refrigerators into it. Oh, a lot more than a hundred. I feel like a lot more. 
I have very big refrigerators. Um, <laughs> Mariana's Trench, also called Mariana's Trench, is a crescent-shaped trench located in the western Pacific Ocean, and it has been found to have the deepest part of the world's ocean. It is the challenge... Wait, it is the Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench region that is the deepest spot on Earth, measuring over 11 kilometers in depth. And we've got some fun facts here. One, the Mariana Trench is the deepest place on the whole Earth. It is located in the Western Pacific Ocean near the Mariana Islands. And that is how the hole got its name. People found out that the maximum depth is around 11 kilometers with its small slot-shaped valley popularly called Challenger Deep. That wasn't a very fun fact. Um, it's 11... Sorry. Um, yeah. Fun fact about the ocean, the majority of it is still unexplored. We have no idea what could be down there. Yep. That's comforting. We know more about the surface of the moon than we do about our oceans. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's de- kind of cool. Hmm? It. We know more about space than we know about ourselves. That's an interesting thing when you think about it. Well, <clears throat> you can fit all of Mount Everest into Mariana's Trench with a about almost... Almost 2,000 meters left over. Oh. And who wants to take a guess at what the water pressure is? Um, Um, Three. (laughs) Close. Twelve. thousand times more than it is at sea level. Ooh. That's ridiculous. Hasn't James Cameron gone to the bottom of it? Or some movie actor? Not... Actor, director. James Cameron did something. He didn't go to the <clears throat> bottom of it, I don't think. Yeah, no. He we don't died. really have any equipment, I don't think, that can make it down there intact. Like, I think even our best subs can go, like, a little bit down, but not that far down. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has done, like, underwater stuff, though, that's, like, maybe, like, a mile deep. And at that point, the water pressure is more than enough to kill you. Yeah. So that's why, like, it was really a big deal, because, oh, hey... We built a submarine that can go around and do this. Also, we put a camera on it. I mean, good luck with that. So, the trench is actually not the closest part to the center of the Earth. Really? Yep. It's deepest but not closest to the Earth because the planet is not a perfect sphere. Scientists claim that Earth is 25 kilometers thinner and the, and than the equator. Hold on, this sentence was very poorly written. But, yes, it is not the deepest. Interesting. Yes. And we have had a sub go 35,500 feet down, but Hmm. that's still not reaching all the way to the bottom of the trench. You're still off by almost 1,000 meters. Whatever lives down there is probably the scariest thing ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a megalodon? Oh, wow. All right. In 2011, the expedition found gigantic single-celled amoebas with a size of more than 10 centimeters, 4 inches. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. So if those things ever, like, form a multi-celled organism, that's scary. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Let's see. 
Well, to be fair, there's no way it could probably get on land because the pressures at those depths are insane. Yeah. That's probably why it's so big. And you know, there's a reason why we don't really have many samples of the wildlife from down there because as soon as we bring them up to the surface, they more or less explode. Well, I don't think they actually explode, but they, they just die. They lose their shape, I believe. Yeah, they like they lose their shape and they just can't discombobulate. Yeah. It's sort of like when we go into space, we just don't really work. Um, a couple other cool things. One, although it's extremely cold down there, there can be uh, water that just shoots out, and it is at 700 degrees Fahrenheit. I've heard that. Yeah. Yep. There's like a section of the Marianas Trench but, where it's just like, they mm-hmm. just shoots up, right? There's like multiple like geysers, but if you will. It is so high in pressure that the water can't boil. Huh. <clears throat> I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, I guess neither. so. Yep. Uh, and even though there is so much high pressure, carbon dioxide vents into the Mariana Trench as a liquid. So that means there is liquid carbon dioxide at the bottom of the trench. The ocean's a scary place sometimes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thermodynamics is very scary. <laughs> Did you know if you get water at like a low enough pressure, it'll automatically boil? I feel like I did. I feel like I did learn that one, actually. And so will blood. Oh. Huh. Blood is a liquid. That is true. So, like, in space, blood could boil. Oh, definitely. Huh. It's all about pressure and stuff. Essentially, like, when... From what I understand of it, when you have something pressured enough, it's harder for it to sort of, like, break the bonds between it. And so, like, when it... Basically, like, it keeps it from moving around and becoming a gas... But when you lower the pressure, it can very easily become a gas. Cause it's like, oh hey, I'm in the air now, cool. But the pressure, like normal, normally pressure just keeps it down. Yeah, normally pressure's just like pushing it together, preventing it from actually moving. But with less pressure, it has more room to move, I guess, and it's just can boil and fly. Yeah. Um, last fact that I'm gonna say, cause we talked about it a little already, but this sums it up well. Man has explored beyond the distance of the. Hold on, man has explored beyond the distance of the light years it into the outer space. Wow, this was written so badly. <laughs> okay, basically, we've explored a couple light years into space, but only five percent of the seabed has been explored and mapped till now. Man, that's ridiculous. I feel like that's kind of unfair. I dropped the mic, but they're connected to, so dropping it doesn't do much. Like, there's so much space, we can just easily explore light years of it and get nothing. And there's a lot of ocean, but we can't just go as far as we can with space by just throwing out a wave. We actually have to, like, go explore it. I think you're just making excuses. Well, the thing is, like, what are we going to find down there? I mean, personally, I think I'd go down there and be like... Huh. More sand. It's dark. Yeah, that too. Well, that's his <laughs> argument for space. I don't know. I'm actually, that's actually the question. I'm entering a National Geographic contest, and that's one of the topics that you can talk about. Would you rather explore the depths of the ocean or outer space? Space. That's an space. interesting one. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna I go contrarian and say that ocean. <laughs> what topic did you choose? 
interesting person or place in your town. Huh. I chose this guy named Scott Camille, who I was already interviewing and researching, who was involved with activism after being after serving in the Vietnam War as a Marine. He came back and fought against the war and was a very influential person in the fight against the Vietnam War. Huh. So cool means. Yeah, cool dude. But does Scott prefer space or the ocean? I don't know. Honestly. Well, I don't know what kind of references we can say on this podcast, but let's just say he's an old hippie that I have not been able to talk to before, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) So I think that's where he's at right now. Love, peace, and being a hippie. (laughs) No, he's a very, very, I don't want to sell him short because he is a very cool guy that does a lot of really cool work. And he is one hell of a badass. So... I don't want to sell them short, even if it is just for jokes. <laughs> <coughs> Anyways, that's it for Mariana's Trench. Our last topic, what is it, Lawson? Refrigerators. Ruff- right. And I got refrigerator facts all day for you. I don't believe it. The first fact, a refrigerator usually accounts for about 12% of property a property's energy bill. So... Despite the amount of money you probably hate paying for food, you pay even more for the electricity that you need to store it. Food's expensive, and I don't like that. I just want to eat all day. Who's a double-edged sword? Gets you fat, but it tastes good. It's a lot of cheap food, though. True. Or eat people and take their wallets to buy more food. It's not a good idea. (laughs) It's a great plan. A fun quote I once heard was, it sucks being fat, but it is great getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, second fact. National Clean Out Your Fridge Day is November 14th, so we just missed it. We just missed it, yeah. But I just cleaned out my fridge, so there nice. you go. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. on November 14th, but it was close enough. He was celebrating in spirit. I can't remember the last time I actually cleaned out my fridge. It's, it's it's a good idea. You'll it's, you'll be surprised some of the things you find. Yeah, it it can be kind of gross though. So just just be ready for that. <laughs> Having a lot of fridge magnets can actually place you in the Guinness Book of Records. Most people have fridge magnets because these items are cute, and they might also hold emotional value as well. However, Louis Greenfarb, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, from Nevada, took his hobby to a whole new level. She is currently the Guinness Book of Records. Holder because she has an impressive collection of over thirty-two thousand fridge magnets on her fridge. Thirty-two thousand. Thirty-two thousand on one fridge. Those, uh, <laughs> yes, on one fridge. I think. How does she eat? <laughs> you gotta imagine every time she goes to try to open the door, like at least two thousand fall off. I don't know, but she might have the world's largest fridge, which is twenty-seven kilometers long. And it's not hers. It's actually used for the Large Hadron Collider to that, cool it. That would that would make sense. Maybe she just like borrow some room from it. I wonder if people just go and like store their lunches at the LHC. Like, you know, this is already a refrigerated room. Boop. I'll be back later. And like that's how mold became sentient because it was in the LHC and someone <laughs> forgot their lunch. Someone just forgot their lunch, got attacked by too many particles. Uh, what else do we got about fridges? 
More than 8 million fridges are sold yearly in the U.S. That's kind of boring, but it is a fact. More than 8 million. Um, well, here's a something I'm going to go out on a limb for and call it a fact. I don't think a fridge is going to save you from a nuclear explosion, contrary to Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, I was just going to say that. Yeah, unless it's a lead-lined fridge, which is a bad idea to have a lead around food in the first place. Uh, yeah, not going to work. Although, to be fair... A fridge is not going to protect you from a nuclear blast because the radiation isn't what kills you first. It's the explosion. Yeah, it's a fairly big explosion. And then you have radiation. It's a very deadly weapon. I mean, unless you go underground, nothing can really protect you from a nuclear explosion, to be fair. Yeah. Unless you're flying away. Yeah, flying flying works too. Oh, fun fact about uh, nuclear explosions. You know the fallout, like in, in Fallout New Vegas and stuff in Fallout 3? Mm-hmm. So that guy who's, like, doing the thumb thing, he's not actually giving a thumbs up. Essentially, if you can manage to fit the uh, mushroom cloud underneath your thumb, like when you're looking at it from arm's length, then you're in a safe distance. However, if you put your thumb over the cloud and the cloud's bigger than your thumb, uh, then you should run because you are in the radiation zone. I feel like try if that. you're close you're enough kinda... where you think you need to put your thumb out to double <laughs> I check, you, have bigger problems. you should probably run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, probably. That's probably one of those, um, you know, hide under the desks propaganda thing that they just told people, though. I, I don't think there's much scientific... I mean, probably not, but, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you, uh, typically, though, I'd say if it is bigger than your thumb, you are a little bit, uh, in a bad place. I'd say if you see a nuclear explosion, you're in a bad place. Fair. Yeah, probably fair. Do any of you guys watch The Strain? No. No. I've heard about it, but I don't really know what it's Uh, about or anything. That won't work for you guys. Uh. You're in the audience, and you know what I was alluding to. Yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Boom. Sass. Uh, fun fact also, the first ice sold in the Caribbean came with instructions because ice was early fridges. Because apparently the Caribbean had never seen ice before, so we had to like tell them what to actually use it for and how to use it. Because hmm. he was like, I have ice, I'm going to make a business with it in the Caribbean. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Smart man, whoever, this Frederick Tudor in 1806. Well, the Caribbean is always hot. Like, always, always. Like, I'm going there over winter break, and I've my family's gone on cruises basically, like, for every Christmas uh, for the past few years, and, like, it's always blisteringly hot there. And that's in the winter, so I'd say ice is definitely something that they want and need. Hmm. Ice is a nice thing. Ice? Nice. I like that. That is some pro tips right there. Ice is nice. Remember that. Or I'm going to ice you. <laughs> ice the kicker. Ice uh, the kicker, yeah. Um, I think ice is like a uh, street term for like math or something. Really? I, I don't know. I'm not. Into what are some of your best ice puns? Uh, That's I mean, not very nice. Ice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say if I could think of one, I'm sure everyone's heard it before. We need new ice puns, viewers. Give us some more. Give give us ice or give us death. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah. 
Vanilla Ice, he he existed. He was a he pun, did exist. Right? Yeah, huh? he's, he he's not pun. much of a thing anymore. <laughs> he does HGTV now. I think he has like some Seriously? show on there. Yeah, he does wow. like flipping properties. I think he's actually fairly entertaining. Let me look it up. Really? I don't want you to. <laughs> I'm actually like mildly interested. Like Vanilla Ice HGTV. I feel like he has a show. Like what? It what, is called what? the Vanilla Ice Project. Uh, in his, his name is actually Mr. Van Winkle. No wonder he goes by Vanilla Ice. What are you talking about? That's a much better name than Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice Van Winkle? That sounds dope, actually. Or Vanilla Van Winkle. Ooh. Yeah. About the show, Vanilla Ice is back to tackle his toughest Florida flip ever. The pop icon and knockout home renovator has taken his business biggest risk yet. Investing in a high-dollar lakefront dump in need of a top-to-bottom transformation. That means ripping rooms to the studs, adding a new pool, a boat dock, with a tiki hut and state-of-the-art technology all around. Will his champagne taste end up costing him a profit, or can he can he and his crew flip this tacky mess and still come out on top? <laughs> so yeah, he just flips Florida homes. He would know about tacky messes. Ooh, he's throwing some shade at Vanilla Ice. I actually don't think I've ever listened to his music. I'm probably not missing much, though, am I? Congratulations. Ice, ice baby. Oh, that's Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, well I've, I've heard Just stealing from Queen and getting away with it. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Queen's great. There's a reason why he's selling houses and not making music anymore. Maybe he does both. Maybe he, like, sings to his clients. He goes, if you buy this, I'll give you a free private concert. That's what he gets by nowadays. Do you think people just say... I'll I'll pay you like fifty grand extra if you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's a smart business profit. There you go. Good job, Vanilla Ice. That's a good career change. Somehow, I feel like being a singer was more risky, though. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. That's about it for today. So how about we all just go around the room and figure out what topics we want for next time. Some of us are more prepared than others. <laughs> yeah, my bad. No, it's all good. What's being prepared? Uh, oh, uh, man, I know I have that list somewhere in here. This is like I don't think I've ever been prepared. Man, there's so much crap in here. I'll find it. Just, just give me a second. We too are ill-prepared, audience. So don't feel bad. Yeah. You procrastinating your homework right now? That's right. Go do it. Listen, they could be listening to this and working on their homework at the exact same time. No, we're too good for that. They can't dual task. We require all their attention. Like 100%? Yes. We're a needy podcast. We're like the cat equivalent of a podcast. Yes. If you don't feed us, like, every five minutes, then we will just scratch you. All right, so we're still looking for that list, but... Yeah, man, it's somewhere in here. Oh, man. That sounds like me looking for a particular shirt in my room. Like, it's in here somewhere. So what have we been up to lately, guys? Lawson? Um, so I got my first article published today. Nice. I'm now nice. a published journalist, and it's terrifying. I never thought I would end up here. I saw that. You put it on Facebook or something, right? I did. I, I See, literally, like, posted the link attention. everywhere. Found nice. it! <sighs> <laughs> All right, so we each need to say a new potential topic, and um, 
choose a, oh, we need a dice, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's each go around the room and say something. Lawson, you're up first. Um, Dashund, like the dog. Okay. Huh. I don't know what that is. I, but yeah, okay. I believe it's the wiener dog. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Christmas ornaments. It is getting that time of year again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's a lie. I'm going to go with uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Ooh, I have a friend who does that. I have friends that don't do jiu-jitsu. They just sort of sit around, play video (laughs) games. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with card games. Okay. Card games. Whole lot of room to work with. A lot. Had Yu-Gi-Oh on for noise lately, and that show is very entertaining. Go back and watch it. What show? Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh. Like, just the very first season. Knowing the rules actually just makes that show much more enjoyable, because there are no rules in the show. (laughs) Yeah. Did you know the uh, Shadow Realm they had was actually uh, false? Really? It didn't exist. It was actually just a metaphor for death. Because yeah, four kids think, didn't want to talk um, about death. I don't think anything in the show existed. It was animated. <laughs> I, <laughs> he does have a point. I mean, no, you, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards exist. They do. <clears throat> but this is a topic for next podcast. Oh, All wait, right. we have to choose ours. We yes, do. So we have to roll a D12, right? Uh, Yeah, you got one? Um, I have a dice app on my phone. I, right. I, I don't even think we need a 12. I think six would be better. Okay. No, I have a D12. No, he said six would be better. Okay. That, <laughs> what was that? Well, we, we have 12 topics, right? I think we have 11. We should have 12? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. so we yep. all just pick a yep, random yep. one out of the 12. All right, let's roll the dice. All right. So. Is, is this for your roll? Is this for your topic, I mean? uh, Yes, so I rolled eight. Ocho in Spanish. You got a uh, soda? Soda. Okay. I don't drink soda, so this should be fun. All okay, right. for JP. 11. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. All right. Ooh, nice. <clears throat> How do you spell Jiu Jitsu? Uh, I think it's J U hyphen J I T S U E. I mean, no, no E, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got or, you. Or J I U and then the Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> yeah. And All then right. my roll? Yep. You got nine. I got Dachshund. Okay. And last but not least, six. Hmm. Camera. Cameras. So just to recap, we have a camera, Dachshund, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and soda. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right, viewers, we will see you next time. Uh, Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, and we will see you lovely soon. Peace. Peace. Eh.